Manitoba lockdowns extended, the healthcare system on the brink, and fires still continue to burn out of control. This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker. All right, welcome to the show. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week. It has been a tough one on Manitoba as a whole. A lot of bad news coming out of Manitoba. The only really good news is the Winnipeg Jets sweeping the Oilers in four straight. Uh, But let's get on with it. Earlier in the week, Manitoba Premier Brian Pallister held a news conference uh, with Chief Provincial Public Health Officer Dr. Brent Rusin. Uh, I think it was no shock to anyone that the orders that were put in place for May long weekend that were already extended once would be extended again uh, with some minor changes here and there. Uh, but the news release put out May 27th, new strengthened public health orders serve to keep Manitobans home and protect the healthcare system. New strengthened public health orders are being put in place for the next two weeks to encourage Manitobans to stay at home to reduce COVID-19 transmission rates and to help protect protect the healthcare system. Premier Brian Pallister and Dr. Brent Roosten, Chief Provincial Public Health Officer, announced today. Quote, Manitobans must stay home as much as possible for the next two weeks so our hospitals and our medical teams have the capacity to care for Manitobans when they need it, said Pallister. These measures, which are the most stringent public health orders in the country, are necessary to protect and safeguard Manitoba lives. We need the full participation of all Manitobans for these strict public health measures to work so we could bend the COVID curve back down and get back to doing some of the things we love and miss. Now, actually, if you go through the orders... According to the release, the only difference in the orders really are a couple things. First, outdoor gatherings went from five people allowed on public property to now only household members are allowed to gather. So no one, no gathering from outside your household in public or private property. Uh, the second change is malls have an increased requirement to manage the capacity Uh, As it seems, apparently, malls have become a meeting place for some Manitobans during the last restrictions. So it just seems like they're going to be held to a higher standard to enforce the new um, orders. And the last change is workplaces are required to allow employees to work from home where possible. Uh, Rusin and Pallister were asked several times how they were going to enforce this change. Like what would happen to businesses that don't send their employees to home to work remotely. And every time they fail to answer the question, they just stated that if they are in the orders, they are in fact enforceable. But they didn't uh, elaborate on how. But quote, we are implementing these new strength and public health orders because our health system is facing critical pressures that are not sustainable. Manitoba's ICU numbers and hospitalizations are extremely high and are still expected to climb in this third wave, said Rusin. The public health orders outline what we need to do. We need to stay home and work from home if possible and only go out for essential items when absolutely necessary and do not gather with anyone outside your household. 
We recognize the next few weeks will be tough, but our health system depends on all Manitobans doing their part. Rusin noted that doing our part includes following the public health orders, getting vaccinated as soon as possible, and booking a second dose appointment when eligible. So these new orders went into effect on Saturday, May 29th, and will remain in place for the next couple weeks until June 12th. These news conferences are getting more and more tougher to listen to. Politics aside, I voted for Pallister. Whether you agree with what he is doing or not in how he is enforcing lockdowns and restrictions is one thing. But man, I think we can all agree on how arrogant he is. I mean, last news conference in typical Pallister fashion, he just went on blaming Manitobans for not getting vaccinated, including the Manitobans that were in the ICU fighting for their life, claiming that in order to be, in quotes, a good citizen, you need to be vaccinated. And uh, this actually set off a tweet storm from NDP leader Wob Canoe. Quote from on Twitter, the premier showed us who he truly is today, Canoe said, the worst health crisis in memory, and he blames people in ICU who are fighting for their lives right now. These people cannot defend themselves because they are in medically induced comas, end quote. And another quote was, uh, remember when Manitoba's COVID response included the message, do not stigmatize? The Premier is an absolute failure. (laughs) So that's pretty funny. Uh, During questioning period at the Manitoba Ledge, this was brought up by Wab Canoe, and after Pallister responded, he thought his mic was turned off, and he was actually caught on a hot mic calling Canoe an asshole, which was actually pretty hilarious. From the National Post, Manitoba Premier Brian Pallister apologized Tuesday after using some very unparliamentary language during a committee hearing. Uh, Pallister was appearing before a legislature committee that examines the provincial budget in detail when fielding questions from opposition NDP leader Wab Canoe about the COVID-19 pandemic. He accused Canoe of unfairly criticizing health officials. The committee chairman interrupted Pallister and said his time is up. The premier's microphone appeared to turn off for a split second, but then it was immediately back on. Quote, approach to being an asshole, end quote, Pallister was heard to say during the hearing, which was live streamed. Uh, Committee chair Dennis Smook, a backbencher in the progressive conservative government, asked Pallister withdrew his comment. And, quote, I withdrew the comment. Pallister responded. Canoe appeared to accept the apology. Quote, these are trying times. I think we all acknowledge that. Canoe told the committee before going on to his next question. Uh, First, I would like to apologize to Canoe for my comment earlier, Pallister said, when his turn came. The exchange was part of a late afternoon question and answer session in which Canoe Canoe asked Pallister about Manitoba's rising demand for intensive care beds. Manitoba has shipped 18 intensive care patients to Ontario to free up bed space. Canoe said the government failed to expand intensive care unit capacity before the pandemic's third wave, which arrived in Manitoba later than in other provinces. 
there were no, quote, there were no steps taken to prepare for this third wave and in a way that would have actually made a difference, Canoe said. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. I don't know if Pallister realizes, though, that when he goes off blaming Manitobans, he's calling out 40% of Manitobans who, like me, have still not yet gotten the vaccine. And personally, I'm not even sure if I'm going to get it. I don't care what anyone thinks. I think for myself. And just so you know, I am pro-vaccine. I think they work. I think they've eliminated a lot of horrible diseases and pandemics, but I don't like how fast they were rolled out. And as time progresses, that's when we're going to, you know, hear about all the problems that occur with these vaccines, just like the situation with AstraZeneca. Um, Some countries are banning it. I know Ontario was banning it for a while. I'm not sure if they still are. But, you know, the people issuing these vaccines are going to say it's safe up until the minute they say they aren't safe. You know, and by that time, you already got the shot and you're fucked. It's already too late. So, like I said, I'm pro-vaccine. But I've never gotten a flu shot. So, I think that if you're elderly elderly or vulnerable, then maybe you should get the vaccine, even though there's been no long-term studies done because, you know, you can get hit pretty hard with COVID and your chance of death is higher but according to my age group, if I get COVID, there's like a 99% chance survival rate. On top of that, the vaccine can't even give me a 100% guarantee with no long-term studies. So I'm just saying I respect everyone's personal decision on getting the vaccine or not. But I'm sure as fuck not going to get the vaccine because some silly premier told me to get the vaccine in order to be a good citizen. Now, listening to them, or Pallister and Brent Rusin talk during the news conference, it's pretty clear that they are in some sort of panic about the lack of uptake in vaccines in Manitoba, because uh, they were stressing the fact that there are thousands of bookings available at the Lula Supersite, and even for the next couple of days, if you're over 18, you don't even need an appointment. You could just walk up and get the vaccine. But it's pretty clear that their messaging has failed because if you guys recall during the vaccine rollout at the beginning, that was all that was talked about. Herd immunity, herd immunity, 70%, and we could start opening up. Now, Pallister and Rusin are saying don't focus on herd immunity and even articles are coming out um this one from ctv news herd immunity not guaranteed at 70 percent population vaccination uh when having the province reach the 70 percent vaccination milestone for all manitobans over the age of 12 won't be enough to completely stop the transmission of covid19 according to health officials I'm just going to say right after the beginning, obviously, um, it wouldn't completely stop the transmission, but I don't think that's what anyone was ever going for. I think everything started out with just bend the curve. But anyways, health officials say without the vaccination rollout, the number of deaths and serious outcomes from the virus could have been much worse. 
Quote, so even at 70%, we don't have a hard stop herd immunity. We already are saving lives. We are already decreasing the height of wave three, said Dr. Josh Reimer, the provincial medical lead for vaccine implementation task force. But to get there to the complete herd immunity, we really need more Manitobans. And that's going to be a combination of Manitobans stepping up to get their vaccine and us reaching out to lower those barriers. Reimer said the actual actual percentage of Manitobans who need to be vaccinated to achieve herd immunity is unknown. With the vaccination rates above 50 and 60% will benefit virus transmission patterns. We have prevented many deaths already because of the vaccine campaign. The number of deaths in people over 70 in wave 3 compared to wave 2 is so much better. And this wave has been much, much larger, said Reimer. Johanu Botha, Manitoba's Assistant Deputy Manager of Emergency Management, said the province has enough vaccine doses to hit the 60% vaccination milestone by June 9th. To hit 70%, he said, more supply is needed. On Wednesday, the province opened up second-dose vaccine eligibility eligibility appointments to those who received their first dose before March 29. And as of Tuesday, 76,000 vaccine doses have been administered in the province. 60% of adult Manitobans at least receiving one shot and 55% of Manitobans 12 years old and up. This news conference, Pallister went on basically bragging that Manitoba has the strictest restrictions in the whole country, as if taking away Manitobans' rights and freedoms was some sort of goal to achieve, stating that you can't go to any faith-based gatherings at all in Manitoba as if he was proud of it. And I got no dog in the fight. I'm not religious. I think it's just insane that what he is doing, um, and he's getting away with it so far. Uh, Manitoba is currently in a court battle, which will ultimately determine if Dr. Brent Rusin has the constitutional authority to enforce these lockdowns and restrictions. I believe it's Judge Glenn Joyle who is presiding over the trial uh, and is set to give a verdict sometime in early June. That is the same judge who presided over the Springs Church back in the beginning if you guys remember, um, in February, I believe, the Springs Church took uh, Manitoba to court. They were filing for an exemption to hold services back when uh, they weren't even allowed remote or drive-in services. But Springs Church was filing an injunction for just them. And uh, Judge Joyle shut that down. He said no. But this trial is actually um, way bigger than that. It's actually about, you know, this would affect everyone. It, it would determine whether they even have the constitutional authority to do what they're doing. Yeah, I think he's set to give his verdict. Uh, I did, like I said, I respect the shit out of some of these churches for having the balls to stay open and keep their services going, uh, despite the thousands and thousands of dollars they've been fined as a church organization and individually uh the pastor tobias tyson from the church of god i believe has been fined a shitload 
Springs Church has been fined over thirty grand. Um, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, so and I just want—I understand why they want to stay open for the past fifteen months. Manitoba has been cherry picking which sectors to close and which to keep open this entire time. Very little data being released. Schools have been open this whole time, uh, despite many attempts to explain to the powers to be, if you want public buy-in, then be more transparent. Show Manitobans the data. And let us see why you're choosing or shutting down which sectors. Why are gyms closed and schools open? Why can you not gather in church? But Walmart's open. Uh, in my opinion, every business is essential. So it's extremely frustrating to hear the term essential businesses. Uh, I think if you're the business owner, you spent your whole life creating a business. And they're going to shut you down. And deem you as not essential. And keep in mind, this is coming from the Dr. Brent Rusin, who's making thirty something like thirty-two thousand dollars a month, and he's preventing—he's just a blanket restrictions preventing you from working and earning a living. So, the term essential business is beyond frustrating. Uh, but it's pretty clear to me that Pallister is just trying to pander to the noise. And I say this because dominating the news cycles are articles coming out from doctors calling for more harsher lockdowns and restrictions, such as closing all non-essential businesses and implementing a stay-at-home order, calling our current health cri uh, care crisis a catastrophe. Uh, for, uh, yeah, from CTV News. Quote, catastrophe. Manitoba doctors call for more public health restrictions. A group of doctors is calling on Manitoba public health to close all non-essential businesses and implement a stay-at-home order in order to help ease the burden on the proven our province's health care system. Quote, everyone knows what kind of a catastrophe we're facing currently, said Dr. Daniel Roberts an intensive care physician, and one of doc the doctors calling for changes. Three weeks, Manitoba has been suffering the highest rate of daily new COVID infections in North America, and the situation seems to be progressing without any abatement. The group of six doctors, who all have various specializations, said Manitoba hospitals are overwhelmed, which puts patients at risk of inadequate care. The, quote, the longer that the situation lasts, the greater the risk compounds, Robert said. The physicians noted that many of COVID-19 patients say they are following the rules, but got sick at work, malls, or school, places where, where they are allowed to or forced to go. The doctor said the vaccines are a great way to fight COVID-19, but won't end the immediate crisis. Our patients are starting to show up with rising complications because the lack of care, said Dr. Christine Peshkin, a rheumatologist and a doctor involved in the plea for changes. Now our clinics are barely functioning because of staff redeployments and with the whole healthcare system focused on fighting COVID-19, we can't get them and these increasingly urgent procedures, the referrals, the investigations, or the needed hospital-based treatments. To help with the rising case numbers in hospital admissions in Manitoba, the doctors want public health to close all 
non-essential businesses and issue a stay-at-home order. They also want the province to introduce mandatory paid sick leave. <laughs> like these doc, where do I, these doctors are insane. The physicians are also calling on the public to do whatever they can to stay safe and stay at home. My plea is that they have to get back to regular care as soon as possible, said Dr. Charles Bernstein, a gastroenterologist and a doctor asking for changes to public health restrictions. There is enormous amount of physical health burden and mental health burden out there, and that's not being addressed because we're not taking care of non-COVID-related problems. Do, do these doctors not realize that the lockdowns are what causing the uh, physical health and mental health problems? <sighs> the doctors added that they don't make these recommendations lightly as they understand the economic and physiological impacts of the restrictions. However, they say their focus is on saving lives. <laughs> they don't they don't take these uh, recommendations lightly, but um, and they say they understand these the impacts. Yet they they're willing to just do like it's just mind blowing. The other doctors taking part in the call for action are Doctor Pam or infectious disease specialist Doctor Jillian, Jillian Horton. And Dr. Eric Jacobson, blah, 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 who cares? I, I just have a hard time listening to people that are just collecting a full paycheck, being unaffected by COVID-19 financially. And I understand they're doctors, but they're demanding other people to shut down their business. Small businesses can do everything that Walmart does. They could put up plexiglass, they could lower the capacity limits, enforce social distancing, enforce mask wearing. There is absolutely no need to shut down, in quotes, non-essential. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I can agree that our healthcare system is in, you know, in a panic at the brink. But closing businesses and ruining the economy will also be a catastrophe and it will have huge impacts on the financial, social, and mental health of Manitobans. And, you know, like I said, I want to listen to doctors, but they're doctors. They're not economists. They're not politicians. They're not elected officials. They're doing their job and they're collecting the paycheck as all Manitobans have a right to do so. So... And I would like to point out that every politician that is calling for non-essential business to be shut down is collecting a full paycheck. You know? So, too many people think that their job will be there when this is all over. Not really, not realizing not only is their job not going to be there anymore, the entire business they worked for will be shut down. And shut down for good. So... You can only shut down a small business for so long before it just, it can't afford it. You know, rent is still due. They're still paying utilities. So I understand Man I understand Manitoba needs help, you know, but fucking over other sectors is definitely not the answer is the point I'm trying to make. I'm not a COVID denier. I'm just being real. 
So earlier this week, Premier, the Premier with Mayor Bowman made a call to Trudeau, who also has been failing at every level, so at least their failure is bipartisan. But they made a call asking for federal help, which should have been done a long time ago. Um, we've been using the CAF, the Canadian Armed Forces, in our indigenous communities for some time now. So I don't know why we waited for so long, but the Canadian Forces is currently working with the Manitoba government to determine the province's needs when it comes to pandemic support. On Monday, the federal government announced that it would be providing support to the province to help with its fight against COVID-19. This support includes federal health human resources, medical staff through the Red Cross, support from the Canadian Armed Forces, as well as epidemiologists, public health capacity, laboratory technicians, and increased testing capacity. So uh, the spokesman noted that the CAF is poised to align the provision of the military support and related capabilities with the overall government COVID-19 response. The military has already been helping with the vaccine rollout in several on-reserve indigenous communities. It will continue to provide the support until the end of June. Quote, CAF members are highly trained and stand ready to offer assistance in support of civilian authorities during any crisis in Canada when requested by the government, the statement said. Last week, Premier Brian Pallister and Winnipeg Mayor Brian Bowman spoke with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to ask for support from Manitoba with Bowman requesting military and health care support. So, I mean, this should have been done a long time ago. In addition to CAF helping out and other federal support to the Red Cross, Manitoba is being sent 12 ICU nurses. So this was the right move. And this is, we have these services here for a reason, right? Our province is going through a pandemic or a crisis. We asked the federal government for help. We have the military. We have the Red Cross. I don't know why shutting down mom and pop flower shops is the answer. You know what I mean? So uh, 12 ICU nurses among federal support headed to Manitoba as COVID-19 batters hospitals from CBC. A dozen out-of-province critical care nurses are coming to Manitoba this week as part of a federal government response to help the province manage a crush of COVID-19 patients that continue to strain hospitals. The additional 12 nurses will allow Manitoba to open and staff at least three more intensive care unit beds, said Lynette Saragusi, Manitoba's shared health chief nursing officer, during a Tuesday morning technical briefing. The news comes days after Premier Brian Pallister asked Prime Minister Justin Trudeau for dozens of support staff to help as COVID-19 hospitalizations stretched the hospital system thin amid, amid the third wave of the pandemic in Manitoba. The surge has forced Manitoba to send some COVID-19 patients in ICU to Ontario hospitals in recent days. As of Tuesday, 18 Manitoba COVID-19 patients have been moved to various Ontario hospitals. I'm not sure the exact number, but I think it's in the mid-20s by now. 
Ontario has agreed to provide at least 20 hospital beds for Manitoba patients, said Saragossa, and talks are also underway with Saskatchewan and North Dakota. Like, this is unreal. Like, we have the Red Cross, we have the military. Why don't we use them? Uh, on Twitter, Mo says, uh, I guess, uh, is that the premier of Saskatchewan? Mo? I'm not sure. <laughs> Mo. Mo says Saskatchewan will be accepting Manitoba COVID-19 ICU patients. Okay. Thanks, Mo. <laughs> uh, one ICU patient arriving tomorrow and... Wh- oh, I think Regina's taking five. And I'm going to evaluate. Anyways, the Canadian Armed Forces can supply transport teams that could transfer up to two patients to outer province hospitals each day. On Tuesday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and MP Jim Carr, Winnipeg South Centre, said federal government supports announced over the weekend, including from the Canadian Red Cross, are on the way. My province is going through a very tough time, Carr said. There are an awful lot of people that have become sick. The stresses and strains on our healthcare system are to the limit and sometimes beyond, and that's where the focus of our energy will be. The Canadian Armed Forces will send teams to help with vaccine rollout in 23 First Nation communities, Carr said. Manitoba is also expecting one to two epidemiologists and three lab technologists from Public Health and Health Canada to assist with increased testing capacity, Manitoba officials said. Trudeau spoke with Pallister and Winnipeg Mayor Brian Bowman on Friday about the situation in Manitoba. Carr thanked Bowman for being a leader and acknowledged Pallister for his cooperation. On Friday, Pallister asked for as many as 50 critical care nurses, 20 respiratory therapists, and up to 50 contract tracers. Uh, Manitoba's intensive care unit had 140 patients of all kinds over the weekend, nearly doubled the pre-pandemic ICU capacity. Health officials said as of Monday, there were 126 in ICU. Um, Our healthcare system right now is at the brink. Manitoba Chief Public Health Officer Dr. Brent Rusin said on Tuesday, there's no doubt that we can't sustain this level of transmission. Those ICU figures that don't include 18 critical care patients the province sent to various Ontario hospitals over the past week as ICU space in Manitoba is maxed out. Local surgery unit nurses are being redeployed to help expand ICU capacity to 146, Manitoba officials said Tuesday. In the first half of last month, Manitoba's daily case counts grew exponentially, Manitoba subscribed subsequently rolled out a series of gradual closes that failed to stem the spread. I understand that we are at the brink, but with vaccine rollout, for those that want it, and more federal help coming, I don't think there's a need to shut down more businesses. One thing Dr. Uh, Bruce and Premier Pallister kept bringing up during the press conference that's not necessarily a change in the orders but it's something they said they are now going to focus on is targeting closures of specific businesses that show a high case count so instead of just closing a blanket closing of all non-essential businesses they're going to do more of a targeted approach which you know is 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 a good thing but 
there are there are problems with that because I have a feeling like they have to release all the data because the problem is they're going to release the data for the specific build um, businesses that they shut down. For example, they'll say mom and pop flower shop A had 10 cases, so we're going to shut them down. But the problem is what if there's 20 cases over here and they just don't release the data? So we'll truly still never know if they're still cherry picking which businesses to close unless they just release all the data, which I do not understand why they don't do. If they have all this data, it's not like it's top secret information. Just release it and let us take a look at it. And then we could at least understand or try to understand why you're doing what you're doing. But I, but I would like to say that I do agree with the targeting approach more than the blanket shutting down of all, quote, non-essential, whatever that means. Uh, again, but that's not a change. It, like, I mean, it, it's, it's being played off as a change, but uh, Manitoba always had that right um, ever since we got, you know, these emergency procedures were put in place. So, but, you know, because of Man uh, Palestine's failed policies and with Manitoba having a low uptake in the vaccine, he now thinks he can enforce his way out of this, which is never a good thing. For the week of May 17th to May 23rd, Manitoba set a new record for the amount of tickets issued in one week. There were 96 personal charges of 1296 dollars and six personal charges of 298 for a total of 102 charges in the amount of 172,860 dollars in one week so manitou was making bank the six charges of 298 were for not wearing a mask in an indoor public place of the 96 tickets for 1296, 88 were for gatherings in private residences or outdoors. And outside the 88, three were for failure to self-isolate, two were for unnecessary travel up north, and three were given to business owners. Of the total tickets given, 102, 22 of them were from rallies that took place recently since uh okay so yeah of the 102 total tickets 22 of them uh were from uh people t uh, attending rallies since april 9 2020 there has been a total of 1526 tickets issued for a total of just over 2.1 million dollars wow you know it blows me away i never I never thought we'd get to this. I just can't wrap my head around having the government tell me, you know, I can't have my family over to my own place as if they have my best interest in mind. Like, I'm old enough to remember when I was a criminal for smoking marijuana, and now I could legally smoke marijuana, and my mom's a criminal for coming over to visit me. It blows my mind. Um, you know, never has it been so clear that some government officials are completely incompetent and 
So many lower-level government officials have so much power, and they're so incompetent. I like if you listen to Mayor Bowman calling for a super ticket or something for a hundred thousand dollar fine for organizers of uh, anti-rally events, and for first-time offenders having a fine that's three times the current amount, like. These people. So, uh, yeah, they do not have your best interest in mind. Uh, they're, it's just never been so clear how incompetent they are. The most frustrating part when you listen to these news conferences, especially from Ballister, I hate to admit it, I voted for him. But the most frustrating part is the lying or at least the purposefully misleading of tra- of facts and truths. For example, like Pallister kept saying Manitoba has the strictest lockdowns in the whole country. And then when reporter after reporter kept asking, what about Ontario? Pallister kept saying, ours are stricter. Our lockdowns and is stricter than uh, Ontario. Then finally, like the third report, reporter points out specifically, actually in Ontario, malls and non-essential businesses are closed, but not in MB. He, I think he claimed that he can go right now and buy a set of golf clubs in Manitoba at the mall, but he couldn't in Ontario. And finally, when he was specifically called on it, then Pallister says, oh, well, some restrictions are stricter here. And some are stricter in Ontario. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you just say that? After you have reporter after reporter questioning it, you have to wait till you're specifically called out on it until you admit it. Again, the whole time Pallister is trying to pass off these new lockdowns as stricter than the previous lockdowns, so then when a reporter asks if there you know the the grant money is going to be extended for small businesses again this is after Pallister for an hour goes on saying these new restrictions are way more tighter so the reporter asks are the grants going to be extended then Pallister says well no there's actually no changes to any businesses so no they won't be getting any more money so it's like fucking head slap. Why were you going on saying these are way more restrictive policies? Like he's just trying to pander to the people making the most noise, a.k.a. the doctors calling for a complete lockdown. Like, and again, I don't know what these doctors are asking for. Like, are they asking for you for it to be illegal to leave your house? And you know what I mean? Like, what is a complete lockdown to them? So the other bit of news coming out of the conference um, that's not really a shocker is schools K-12 will remain completely remote for at least another week, taking us till June 7th. Again, I would like to know what changed. For the last 15 months, Pallister and especially Dr. Rusin kept having these news conferences and over and over and over, they kept saying schools are safe. There's no transmissions taking place. Kids weren't getting it at school. They were getting it. If, if they got it, they were getting it at sleepovers and at the parks and during their sports and recreations. 
So again, I asked, why now? What changed? Why are schools closed now? You know what I mean? Did they suddenly become hotspots? But still, Manitobans get no data. We we just have to take their word for it. From it, It's like, again, cherry-picking which sectors to close. Who's making the most noise and will shut down that sector? So Ballester kept saying for the last 15 months, he doesn't want Manitoba in a yo-yo, as in open-closed, open-closed. But that's all we've gotten. Literally, that's all we've gotten in the last 15 months. And if the premier thinks that his actions and the actions of his ministers are justified, then release the data. Something journalists and business owners have been asking for this whole time. Something other, pro- you know, other provinces are being way more transparent with the information they've gathered. It's just Manitoba. And, and again, other provinces, all but Manitoba and I can't remember one other province, but again, I focus on Manitoba. So all but two provinces don't even have a plan to open. And I understand we're in the midst of a crisis, but when you're a small business owner, you need to know when can you start to even think about hiring again, start to start ordering more uh, inventory. And, and I mean, look at what parents have to go through. They literally find out like two days before school shut down. And schools are shut down until June 7th, giving kids like, what, two weeks left? of school until the end of the year how long are they sitting on this how long are they sitting on this information before they release it on friday there was another news conference held in regard to covid-19 only this time it was held by winnipeg police inspector nick polay claiming that six warrants have been issued related to breaches of public health orders including uh, the gentleman who was uh, um, appear, um, planning to appear at the rally, the Forks, on Friday, Chris Guy. Um, but after receiving advice from his counsel, since he had a warrant out for his arrest, uh, he skipped over Manitoba. Uh, but the Winnipeg Police Service said six warrants have been issued by the Public Safety Investigations Unit stemming from breaches of the public health orders. Over a period of months and after the assurance of multiple tickets and repeated attempts to educate members of the public, the Public Safety Investigations Unit, or the PSIU, has obtained warrants of arrest for six individuals, said Inspector Nick Poulet. The news comes as an anti-restriction rally is scheduled to take place at the Forks on Friday, which did take place. Um, I believe up to around, close to 200 people attended. Uh, one of the warrants is for Chris Sakaguchi. I don't know how I butchered that. Also known as Chris Sky. He was promoted uh, to speak at the event scheduled for Friday, but will not attend. Pule said police wouldn't identify any of the other individuals who are wanted on warrants. The Forks issued a statement saying they informed public health enforcement officials and police about the planned event. We have not provided permission to be on the Forks property to this group, nor would we, as the current public health guidelines prevent gatherings or events of any size. The statement reads, Poulet said officers will be at the Forks at the event on Friday. We are aware of it. We are working with the investigators of the PSIU and their 
and there will be visible police presence. He said officers will determine if other arrests will happen at the forks related to the warrants. When it comes to the execution of the warrants, we will make those decisions based on a number of factors such as timelines and other sort of associated risks. So we will make that determination at the time, end quote. In a statement on Friday, the province said the fine house orders is a serious offense. Violators will be held to account, the province said. Enforcement officials continue to investigate all large gatherings and rallies uh, that they are made aware of. Pillay added that police can't just shut down the rallies and said that it's a balancing act, noting officers examine multiple factors when a large group is gathered, including information about the gathering and the resources available. Winnipeg Mayor uh, Brian Bowman also strongly advised against attending any uh, of the rallies. Sorry, rallies. <laughs> yeah, so from the Winnipeg Sun, protesters gather at the Forks against public health, health orders minus Chris Scar. So yeah, around 150 saws, right, close to 200 people gathered near the Canadian Museum for Human Rights at the Forks on Friday evening to pr protest ongoing pandemic public health orders. The group minus Ontario anti-lockdown leader, rally, uh, rally leader Chris Skye, who is allegedly out of province avoiding arrest in Manitoba, stood around a smoking barbecue listening to Speaker Lynn Nelson from a microphone position next to the parkade at the Forks. Nelson chastised, chastised the news media and the government. At one point, Several non-participants lobbied bottled waters at the crowd. <laughs> Mainstream media are pedophiles, yelled one activist. Uh, we want to thank all Manitobans who are growing a pair and standing up for their rights, Nelson said. We are not here to speak hatred. We are here to spread love and light. We are here because we are losing our freedoms, end quote. Nelson turned away from the crowd and faced the media who approached the top the parkade, accusing them of reporting half-truths and signaling out the CBC for spreading lies and fears. She said media is guilty of praising Premier Brian Pallister, who she said is also guilty of propagating half-truths. I would agree to that. He's definitely guilty of that. I would say propagating half-lies. <laughs> All we ask is the spread is spread the news that we are telling you. She said, we want the choice to take the shot or not. We want the choice to open our business without all the restrictions. We need to feed our kids. We need to pay our bills. I'm telling you right now, mainstream media, we want to see you guys spreading truths. We are not sitting here hating on people who want to wear a mask. This is a choice that you have, and this is what we have as, as a free country. Nelson said people with mental health problems are vulnerable to the isolation created by the pandemic. Quote, isolation is what kills people who have bipolar and depression, she said. Why is that mainstream media? Since you guys are so good at spreading truth, truths, why is that? On Friday, a video emerged on social media appearing to show organizer Todd McDougall being arrested by Winnipeg police officers following the rally. rally. Fuck, I keep fucking that up. Earlier in the day, Winnipeg police held a press conference to announce that an arrest warrant would be held for Skye, um, who is facing several charges in Ontario for allegedly threatening to kill Canadian premiers, including Ontario's Doug Ford. 
He was also charged with assaulting a police officer with a weapon and dangerous operation of a vehicle. I believe those two charges are because he jumped in his car and took off when they were coming to arrest him. So, yeah, you get those charges slapped on you when you do that. Uh, as well, police said one person believed to be Manitoba Together's Patrick Allard, Allard had been arrested for a repeated violation of pandemic public health orders. There are five outstanding warrants yet to be executed in this matter, uh, the WPS said. On Friday, the province released a statement stating officials from Manitoba Justice attended court on Thursday to obtain arrest warrants for six people under the Public Health Act to prevent ongoing violations related to attending and organizing public gatherings throughout the province in violation of pandemic public health orders. Manitoba Justice has worked closely with law enforcement, including the Winnipeg Police Service, Manitoba Justice said in a statement. The province said officials continue to investigate large gatherings and rallies. All previous events uh, remain under investigation and additional charges are continued to be expected. Don't go to events like this that are intended to violate the province's public health orders, Mayor Brian Bowman said in a press conference earlier on Friday. There are consequences. I think the province held another golden opportunity to come up with stronger fines, unfortunately, they did not do so, end quote. This blows me away. Bowman has uh, been pushing uh, for the province to double fines, and now he's even going as far as tripling fines, even for first-time offenders. And he also wants a $100,000 super fine for people that organize events. So, Mayor Bowman is batshit crazy but i don't know um yeah what he's thinking but i mean he's even calling for way more harsher locked um fines than pallister is but uh a spokes a spokesperson for the forex said on friday's planned rally we have not provided permission for the event yeah we already went through that i think four people in total have been arrested four out of the six or what did they say, five? But Chris Guy <laughs> jumped over Manitoba. He said, see ya, not coming back. That rally happened. I'm um, sure more tickets, uh, record-breaking tickets will happen. And more arrests will follow. And Manitoba is going to continue to try and enforce. Premier Pallister is going to enforce his way out of his failed policies is basically what I think. On top of all that mess, COVID-19 mess, which is dominating the news cycle, which has been dominating the news cycle for the last 15 months, to add to that, all those problems Manitoba's going through, you know, for being a Canada's hot spot for COVID cases, Manitoba has been dealing with out-of-control fires for the past couple of weeks, resulting in road closures, evacuations, and some residents and some RMs declaring local states of emergency. Uh, there were fires burning near CFB Shiloh, Gypsonville. Two fires merged into one near uh, Lake St. Martin First Nation. Two fires merged into one near the arm of Graham Dale. Uh, there was a fire that burnt near Homebrook. 
near Arm of Piney and the Sandylands. Fire in the White Shell Provincial Park. There was a fire at Netley Creek in Lebo. Uh, fire in White Mouth that was uh, being attacked but with water bombers. And, you know, I'm sure I missed a bunch. But Southern Manitoba was on fire. <laughs> Most of the fires are out uh, or under control. But there actually still are two fires that are burning in the interlake uh, that still remain out of control. And BC sends crews to help fight against the wildfires in Manitoba's interlake. So yeah, Manitoba is having a tough week. We're getting help though. We're getting help from uh, out-of-province nurses and now we're getting help from out-of-province firefighters. Uh, due to COVID-19 precautions, 43 BC firefighters will work separately from Manitoba, but nonetheless, they're here. A crew of firefighters from British Columbia is heading to Manitoba to help with an out-of-control fire in the Interlake region. BC's Forest Minister, Katrin Conroy, said 41 firefighters and two support staff were deployed on Wednesday. In an emailed statement to CBC, a Manitoba government spokesperson said the 43 BC firefighters will be working on fire E044, a human-caused wildfire covering almost 200,000 hectares near Gypsonville. A statement from Conway's office says the BC Fire Wildfire Service welcomes the chance to share firefighting resources with other jurisdictions. Precautions to prevent the spread of COVID-19 will be taken uh, and the Forests Ministry says that BC team will remain in its own bubble, operating separately from Manitoba firefighters. Manitoba currently has several active wildfighters, including two in the interlake that are listed as out of control and have burned a combined total of 2,200 square kilometers since being sparked two weeks ago. Wow. So there you have it. It has been a tough week. For Manitoba as a whole. Literally, I think this whole last week, the only good news coming out of Manitoba is, as we all know, the Winnipeg Jets. Jets sweep Oilers advance to second round of Stanley Cup playoffs. From the Canadian press, Kyle Connor scored in triple overtime to lift the Winnipeg Jets to a 4-3 victory over the Oilers on Monday, ending Edmonton's playoff run. The win gave Jets a 4-0 sweep of the best-of-seven first-round series. Mark Scheifele scored twice, and Mason Alpton added a goal for the Jets, who eliminated the Oilers for the first time in history. It took a marathon game to do it, with Connor mercifully ending the deadlock at 6.52 into the third overtime. Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Alex Chiasson scored for Edmonton. Mike Smith stopped 39 shots for the Oilers, and Halibuck made 37 saves for the Jets. Uh, we, Winnipeg will face either the Winnipeg. Uh, sorry, Winnipeg will face either the winner between uh, Toronto and Montreal. As of now, I believe uh, the round two schedule has been released, but not sure if it's Montreal or, uh, or Toronto. But either way, so Jets take Edmonton out in four. Thank you, Winnipeg. So that's going to be it for today's show. I want to thank you for joining me. 
in the future i'm gonna be shooting for more shows like a show every day but a lot shorter but we'll see how it goes uh once again like i said thanks for listening and hopefully manitoba has a better week um hopefully we get covid19 under control and we you know get past this but anyways thank you for tuning into the manitoba free thinker and i'll uh see you guys next time